Thank you, Pastor Shaniqua, Pastor Travis. You guys may be seated. I am so excited to be speaking today, sharing the word that I fully believe God has put on my heart for our church, for, for us as, as a house, and I'm just excited to uh, share that. I want to give honor where honor is due as well. Uh, I want to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Brandon and Pastor Megan. They're actually out of town in Easley, South Carolina. They are uh, giving the word there at a church, Five Points Church, and um, they're just pouring out to what God's been pouring into him for our church. And uh, he's over there speaking. So let's, let's just give it up for Pastor Brandon and Pastor Megan. Thankful for their leadership and their heart. Our pastors. Um, I want to take a moment and honor my family. My, my, fa- my mom and them were here in the last experience. But uh, this experience, I get to have my beautiful wife, who's on the front row. Hope. Uh, our daughter has been sick, so she was actually at home for the first two experiences, and so uh, she wasn't here for those, but she was able, um, her mom, thank, thanks mom if you're watching online, for to cover, and so Hope could be here today. But uh, I just want to honor her, um, just thankful for her and Grayson, um, and I, got, I think we got a picture on the screen, don't we? we got a picture of our family. I want to show you, Gra- there's Grayson. If you know Grayson, you know that she's the life of the party. She will make you laugh. She, that's my foof. We, I call her my foof, but that's Grayson. I wish she could be here today, but that's all right. I hope she feels better. Um, and I also want to honor my amazing worship and production team. Y'all, worship was crazy today. How was it? Come on. I love that our house has such a heart for worship, not for performance, not for entertainment, because we're not here to entertain anybody, but to entertain the cliche audience of one, as we used to say it. It's all about Jesus here. Uh, and so just I'm thankful for this team. Um, there's a lot of people who serve behind the scenes that you'll never see because um, that's their goal. They don't want you to see them. Their, their goal is literally to, to help create an atmosphere by prayer, by worship, and working the technological things that may seem crazy. But uh, we got people in, in a control room off, off uh, and outside of this auditorium that are helping with the screens, the broadcast. There's people that do uh, that can, that, there's people that we can only do what we do on Sundays because of them. And so I really celebrate this team. Uh, they, they allow me to do what I couldn't do by myself. I could not do it without them. So can we just give it up for our worship production team? And so last week, uh, pastor spoke an amazing word on the topic of from our palate to the promise. And so if you weren't here, I would recommend going back and watching it, listening to it on the Radiate podcast. You can find it on iTunes or Spotify. And just listening back to that, uh, and it was just the idea of uh, we do life together. Uh, there's, going to be people, there's going to be people in our lives, or maybe we're the person that we're going to need help to get out of you know, getting unstuck, getting um, into the place that God wants us to be. And it takes community. Um, we don't do this alone. We were never meant to do it alone. And so uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to it. But if you were here and you did get to see it, you know that I was the, the subject that got to lay down on the pallet the whole entire experience. That was, that was an experience in itself. I got to lay on a cot during his entire sermon staring at the ceiling. And I had this thought, there's not many people that, can, that gets to say they get to lay on the, the ceil- uh, lay on the floor and look at the ceiling the entire time during pastor's message. So uh, the Lord was, was sharing some things with me. It was a good time. But uh, it's really cool to go from that illustration, and th- this is true in all of God's promises. We can go from the pallet to the promise to promoting his word. And this week I get to preach, so I'm excited to share what I... Yep. And I just want to say welcome to everybody online if you're tuning in from your couch, from your, your driver's seat, keep your, keep your eyes on the road, but just listen in. Uh, you know, uh, it's just so good that we can do life uh, and do these experiences on Sunday with people who are not able to be here, whether that be sickness or whatever that may be. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. 
here at Radiate Church. But uh, I just wanted to, to just tell you my name is Chris. I'm the worship and creative pastor here. I get the honor of leading this amazing church in worship and leading these teams um, into just the presence of God every week. And so I'm just thankful for that. I'm thankful that pastors uh, trust me to do that. And I fully believe God has called me for this season that we're in. I've been here about three years in April. I was here for, uh, yeah, three years in April. And uh, it's just been a journey. It's been an awesome experience. See what God has done, going from a portable church in elementary school to an amazing facility, seeing people raise their hands and worship God in spirit and in truth. It's just been amazing. And so uh, we're going to pray real quick before I get started. And uh, my topic today is just literally on this idea of the heart of worship. And if you're taking notes today, please write that down. I really want to underline that. That's, it's, that's everything. It's the heart of worship. That, that determines everything that we do when it comes on the topic of worship. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to dig in. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity that I get to present your words, your gospel, what you have to say about your love language, God. Your love language is worship. And so I just thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak and uh, to be the mouthpiece, Lord. Let, I want your words to be heard. I don't want my opinions. I don't want my preferences to get in the way. I want you to speak through me today and uh, through your word so we can be changed, be challenged, and just to press in to who you are. We love you. Amen. Amen. And so just a little bit about my story. I just wanted to share kind of my background because I know a lot of you, you see me every week up here, whether it be on the drums, uh, leading worship, Maybe it's just off. You see me around, but you don't know a lot about me. Um, all my life, um, I've been a part of worship ministry, part of music. And so at the age of three, there was a, there was a, a drummer that actually transitioned out of our church that I grew up in. I was, I was three and a half, and he transitioned out. And so there was an opening, and I was three, and I, they said I literally walked on stage and got on the drum set and began to play. And I think we got, actually got a picture there. Yep, absolutely. You can't really see it, but... Um, I have a nice little mullet there, because back then, it's actually coming back, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising. Some of them look great, some of them don't, and maybe you know a few that don't look so great. But I had the, the privilege of my mom cutting my hair into a mullet. And so uh, I was three and a half here, worshiping. The only beat I could do was the boots and cats. You guys know what that is? Boots and cats and boots. That's the only thing I could do at three and a half, right? But I knew... At that age, throughout my, 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 my childhood years, I had this deep sense of calling and, and desire to worship God through that drum set. Um, there was no language for this back then. There's a lot of language now on how you can lead through an instrument. You can actually lead worship through a piano or lead worship through a drum set. But back then, I just knew I'm leading worship through this drum set. I'm glorifying God. And uh, that was a journey. Um, that's some of the best years of my life, doing that in church. Um, when I hit the age of 18... I kind of hit the season of depression, anxiety. Maybe some of you can relate to that. You just kind of hit it and just kind of like it stays for a season. And I remember uh, when I was 18, I just wanted to worship God more. Drums wasn't doing it anymore. I needed to go. I needed to step out. And I remember just feeling this intense desire to sing. And y'all, I, I could not sing at all. I, was, I, I couldn't explain it. I just knew I needed to sing, but I didn't know how. And so I just literally made a joyful noise. And uh, and it, sometimes it wasn't that joyful. It didn't sound that good. It really didn't. And uh, I remember just God doing something in me and preparing me for this. And then go uh, fast forward a couple more years. I was 28. Kind of went through another similar season where I just kind of hit a place of just depression, anxiety. I didn't know who I was in Jesus. I wasn't living at the standard Jesus had called me to live. And I just remember he, he pulled me in and he started to equip me with the tools that I needed 
to be where I believe I am today, 10, 12 years later. And I fully believe uh, God is doing something in our church. It's not because of me. It's not because of any man. But God is doing something in our church that is intangible. We get to see the effects of salvation. We get to see the effects of worship. We get to see the effects of that, that feeling. When you walk in, sometimes when you walk in here, and maybe you felt it today, it's, just, it's electric. It's like there's this expectation that God is going to show up today. And uh, we're in a, a season of worship and a season of growing that God is doing amazing things in our church. And so I'm excited to be a part of that. Um, that's a little bit of my story, but I want to dig into uh, my main uh, parts of my, my message. And since being here for three years, I've, you guys have asked me some, you know, some questions. I've we've had a lot of conversation over the years of, you know, why do we do what we do? Like, what is the meaning? Why is it important to sing? You know, why is it important to clap or to lift our hands? Like, yeah, I didn't, you know, you may be in the room, and you're like, I didn't grow up in church, so I have, I literally don't understand none of it. And this may be my first time, and like, this may be your first time, you're like, this is, this is a little overwhelming. Or maybe you grew up in church, and you just didn't do that in church. And so I want you to understand that um, I'm going to talk about a lot of scripture. i got a lot of scripture I'm going to hit and run. And uh, not all of them will come up on the screen, but we're going to post them on social media this week. Because I want you guys to dig in and really know that the Bible has a lot to say about worship. The, the corporate worship that we did here a few minutes ago, he has a lot to say about that. But he also has a lot to say of other aspects of worship. Because it's not just one way to worship. And uh, we're going to dig into that. But I want to read you a scripture um, out of Psalms 150, verses 1 through 6. And just, just listen in. It says this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Here's one of my favorites. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. We love cymbals here at Radiate Church, if you didn't tell. We love to get loud. We love to worship through there. And the Bible tends to show a little favoritism as well because it says it two times. Praise him with the clash of cymbals and praise him with the resounding cymbals. So you know he, God must love cymbals when he has to say it two times. And so uh, the last verse of that really gets me every time I read it, but it says this, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So if you have breath in here today, I want you to know that the Bible says that we should be praising him. And that doesn't necessarily mean just always songs, right? Because we're only in here for 60 minutes on a Sunday morning, but past that, we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Some of you may be singing in your car to Caleb, and you're going to town, sitting at the red light, and you're giving praise there, right? You're having your own, your own experience. But we don't sing 24-7, right? So worship goes to a deeper meaning. I also want to say this, um, uh, that when we worship, uh, it really can change the atmosphere in the situation. So if you're having a bad day or maybe you've had, a, I don't know, an altercation at the red light, go back to that real quick. Somebody upset you, I mean, because road rage is real. Let's just go ahead and say it. Uh, that getting in that mind frame of worship, putting Jesus in the focus can really help us with that and uh, allow us to not go to jail. And so, um, but because it's all about Jesus, right? So uh, let's, let's get into this. Why do we clap our hands? Why do we do that in church? Clapping of the hands, the Psalms 47, 1 through 2 says, clap your hands, all peoples. Like it actually commands us to do that. Shout to God with loud songs of joy, for the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. And that's in Psalms. And so it just says, clap your hands, all peoples. It doesn't say people who feel like it. 
People who, you know, it says all peoples, all, all tribes, all tongues, all generations. Clap, because there's something behind a clap. A clap can mean approval. It could be celebrating something. It could be in agreement to something. You know, when pastor, when he preaches, he'll hit something that just hits us hard. You know, we'll clap and, be, and say, you know, pastor, we're with you, you know, and we'll do that. Or we'll celebrate something. Like, uh, like this past Sunday, we had two people give their life to the Lord this past Sunday. You see what I mean? It's an automatic response. We celebrate what God is doing. Um, and something else that you may not know that just happened yesterday, our outreach life group gave 126 meals, five trays, each tray equaling 20 meals each, you can do the math on that, to Blaney EMS, Blaney Fire, Pine Grove Children's Academy, and an orphanage in Sumter. Guys, we're changing the world through giving, through our worship. That's worship, right? That's worship. And so I want to go back to that scripture because um, it stuck out to me. It says, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Notice it doesn't say sing. So I want you to know that if you're in here and you're like, I'm not a singer, you don't want me to sing, you don't want to hear me sing, I want you to know that the Bible puts that scripture there for you. It says to shout the songs. So don't be afraid. Hey, if your voice cracks, if you don't know the words, just, just in your way, in your own way, you can do that. So um, that's, that's one of the things that I hear a lot. It's like, I don't, I'm not a singer, PC. Like, you don't, you don't want me to sing. I'm like, but the Bible does. Jesus wants to hear it. And so that's something for you if you feel that way. Um, why do we lift our hands? Lifting of the hands is probably the most single thing that I feel like it's misunderstood in worship. Um, I always get that question of, you know, PC, I didn't grow up in, I grew up in church, and I don't, I, I've never seen that. I've also heard the question of, I did grow up in church, and you'd, I'd only see like one person kind of do it, and they were kind of like an elder. They were, um, you know, like the grandma of a church, you know, the holy hands, and I didn't really see a lot of all of us doing it. And so we'll have this dialogue, and I want you to know as a church that, what we do here on Sundays is littered throughout Scripture. It talks about a lifting of the hands, uh, Psalms 63 and 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. And there's so many scriptures. I wish I had the time to read all of them, but there's so many scriptures that just literally talks about, I will lift my hands to the heavens. I will lift my hands to the, to the hills where my helps come from. I, I will lift my hands to the sanctuary. And it just talks about that all throughout. And you may have read some of those scriptures. But I want you to know that really the root of the purpose behind a lifting of the hands, it's just this act of symbolism of saying to God, God, I am powerless and you are powerful. I can't do this in my own strength. I depend on you to help me to do this. In the good times and the bad times, especially in the good times, because you know, if you're, if you're breathing, let's go back to that, if you're breathing, we're imperfect, we're going to mess it up. So we need him to help us in, even in the good times. But a good thing is, the word says that he is near to the brokenhearted. When you are down and you're in a, having a hard time, uh, fill in the blank, uh, whatever that is, that thing that you're having a hard time with, the Bible says he's near to you. He's, he, he's for you. He's got you. And so when we lift our hands to him and say, God, I just, I need you. I, uh, I don't know really. It can, it can be like, you know, I don't know, God, what this is, but I just feel like I need to do this. I've talked to so many people uh, in our church and, and growing up where it's like, they, they'll tell me, I feel like I just need to, I need to do something. I need to lift my hands. I need to do something. But because they don't know what it looks like, they're afraid to. And I've seen people say, you know, I feel like people are watching me. Or, and really, and all, honestly, I'll tell you guys, nobody's watching you, really. I'll be honest. Like, but that is, that is a common thing that I hear a lot from believers and even people who don't necessarily believe yet. They'll say, I feel like somebody's watching me. And so I want you to know that uh, when you lift your hands, 
that, that idea of, of, of surrender. Uh, I think about our two, uh, two-year-old, uh, Grayson. I call her Foof. I was telling you about her earlier. She has this thing that she says to me, um, and she says it to, to Hope as well, but she'll go, hold you, hold you. I, w- I want to hold you, Daddy. Hold you, Daddy. Hold me, Mommy. Or hold you, Mommy. And what she means is I, she wants us to pick her up. And maybe you have kids in here, and you're like, yeah, my kid does that to me too. Uh, I, you know, I get that. that. And as parents, you know that's a powerful thing when a child looks at you and says, I need you. As a parent, that, it melts your heart. When like, they're, um, The other day, Grayson, she slammed her fingers in the door, and the sound that she let out, it broke my heart. And she said, Daddy, I need you. And I remember in that moment, like, I just ran to her and, and held her. We cried together. And um, it, was, it was a moment that the picture of the father, the way the father looks at us, when we slam our fingers in the door, when we, when we stumble our toes, when we say the wrong things, when we do the wrong things, when we go the wrong way, the Lord is saying, here, come to me. Come to me today. I got you. Come to me today. And so when we lift our hands to him in the moment of, of in here, maybe we're, uh, we're at work and we're in the bathroom crying at work and we, all we can do is just say, God, I need you. You know, there, it's not about in here, God. This is only a small fraction of worship. Um, and so I just want to uh, just say it, that through worship, when we worship God in that way, um, it means something to the Father when we look at him and say, God, I need you. Because if we're not careful, we'll just sing songs and, you know, our worship who did amazing today. We'll just come and, and enjoy the lights. We'll enjoy the amazing vocals of Elliot and Ariana, LJ and, and, and Hannah. And what we don't, what we'll miss at times, and I've done it too, y'all. Listen, I'm the worship pastor and I've done it too. We'll forget that I'm here to give God glory and to sing out and to give what's due to him. Um, give him my songs. Even the songs I don't know. You may, like, I, I don't know those songs, PC, but those are the times you can just say, you know what, God, I don't know the lyrics, but my heart, I'm here. I'm here with you. And so um, I, want to, I want to bring up this point of uh, this scripture, uh, the, my main bulk of my, my scripture that I want to read along with. It's the story of a lady um, in Matthew that heard that Jesus was going to be at a location. And when she heard of this location, she immediately responded and went to where he was. And uh, we're going to read this together. It's Matthew 26, 6 through 13. If you want to take a picture of the screen, you can do that. Like I said, I'll have all these scriptures on social media this week that we can go back and and chew on. But Matthew 26, 6 and 13 um, tells of this story. It says, while Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. When she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have with me. But she poured this perfume on my body. She did it to prepare me for, for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What an amazing story of worship that just really captures why we worship. Um, and so I want you to share a little context on it. Uh, the ointment, the oil that she actually poured on him well, was called nard. It was a nard oil. And back then it was worth around 300 denarii. Um, 
translated to US, current U.S. currency was between twenty dollars to $30,000 in that one little vial that she poured out onto Jesus. And so when you, when you really put that in the context of today's with the economy, when you really think that's kind of like the average of a year's worth of salary, salary for your normal you know, U.S. citizen, that, that's a big deal. You know, we live on that each and every day um, and, you know, to the end of the year. And so they also said that this could be even her own burial ointment. Because back then, they, you, would, uh, you would pour oils on the bodies to, to anoint them, to honor them, to help them stay smelling good. Because you know, back then, they didn't have the same kind of stuff we have now. And so it literally says that she gave up. She sacrificed her own burial ointment um, to, to Jesus to honor him. And so I just have a few points today with that, with that bulk of that scripture that I really want to hit. It's four points. And my first one is worship needs a sacrifice. It has to have a sacrifice. Um, it has to cost you something. Uh, and so think about this all throughout the Old Testament and even some of the New where uh, when they wanted to uh, worship God they were, and to atone for their sins, they would actually sacrifice oxen, um, wild stock, because back then they didn't have Jesus. Jesus had, yet, had not yet come and died on the cross for the, the, the payment of our sins. And so they would have to worship God by first doing these things. In fact, Abraham, if you all know who Abraham is, go back and read the story. He felt like he needed to sacrifice his son on the altar. I don't know about you, but I could not sacrifice my foof on the altar for God. And so this guy literally loved God so much um, that he was willing to give up his son. You know, that, that's, that's bigger than our minds can comprehend, but his, his act of, of love for God back then. And back then it, all, it makes more sense. But that's how they worshipped. And so when Jesus came and he paid that debt through his sacrifice for, uh, for our sins... We no longer have to do that. We now get to sacrifice things um, differently. And so I want to talk about that. Um, but it does have to cost you something. Uh, whether it be, you know, let's just use in here. Maybe during those songs you felt today, like during Champion, you are my champion. And it just hits you and it's like, I want to do something. I want to lift my hands. I feel like crying. But I'm not going to do that because somebody might be looking at me. And that's a thing. That's a real thing. And maybe if I was to ask you to raise your hands, you'd say, I mean, that's me. I struggle with that. But that is, that is a natural thing. But that's where I can literally look at myself, because as your worship pastor, I even struggle with that sometimes. You know, what are they going to say about me? What are they going to think about me? They're going to think I'm putting on, ah. Uh, you know what? I'm not doing it for them. I don't care about their opinions anymore, and I'm not going to let that hold me hostage to giving God what is his. And so what I do is, the sacrifice is, I take those feelings and I push it to its side, and I say, you know what, God? I, they may talk about me. I don't know. They may feel that way about me. Or the, what, what happened last week? You know, you may be in here and something happened last week, and you're like, God, I, I am the least worthy person to be singing this song. But I want you to know that's where you push that to the side and say, Jesus, I'm going to sing out to you, and I'm going to give you what you deserve. And that's my heart. That's my soul. That's, that's everything that I got today. And so I want to just uh, give you this shareable uh, thought that I want you to take. It's, some, it's a tool to remind yourself when you have those feelings in worship or if it's out and about in your everyday lives. It's the fear of being misunderstood will hold you back. It will hold you back. If you're constantly thinking about, um, if I do that, that person's going to think that's going to If I do this, they're going to think, blah, blah, blah. and you, fill in the blank, because we've all struggled with that. We're human beings. And so I want you to know that if you allow that to do it, it will hold you back. But the lady in the scripture, Matthew, she, she had people to her face saying, what a waste. You know, you're crazy. What are you doing? 
That is, that, we could have done this. With the, it, 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 she ignored it. She ignored the noise, and she gave God something that was very, uh, very meaningful to her, and she sacrificed it on the head of Jesus. So that's a beautiful thought, because when you think about it, we here, if we're breathing and our heart's beating, we're here on earth. We're not in heaven yet. And so here on earth, we have an opportunity to give God something that we may not always get to give him in heaven. Think about this. Revelation 21 says, No longer will there be any death. There will not be any more mourning, no sadness, no crying, no pain, anxiety, depression, regret, name it. Those negative things, those things won't exist in heaven in the presence of God. They won't be there. So what does that mean? When we get to heaven, we're going to see God, and we're going to literally just, it's going to be automatic. When you see the God of all of heaven, God of the universe, God of the ages, our worship will be automatic. It's just, and it's nothing we're thinking about, we're overthinking about. We're going, to, we're going to just worship. And so in this moment, on Sunday mornings or even throughout your week, when you have those feelings of, ah, those, of, of a panic attack, uh, maybe the Lord speaks to you and says, hey, why don't you encourage your so-and-so right down the cubicle from you? Or, you know, uh, John, you see that lady at the pump. You see that she's crying. She's having a hard time. Why don't you tell her that I love her? This is God talking. That I love her and I got her. That is an act of worship. You're spreading the gospel. You're sharing the love of Jesus. That is worship. And so um, when we do that, that is literally uh, just we're giving God something that we, don't, we won't have to give him in, in heaven. Because it's going to be an amazing thing when we get to heaven. No more tears. That's, what an amazing thing, right? It's beautiful. But choose to give God something in this moment that what our, our feelings may say, uh, our body may even say, because I know with me, when I get nervous, whatever, like, you know, you feel sick, choose to say, no, I will give God glory through my song, lifting of my hands, encouraging those who may talk bad. About, I don't know, like, fill in the blank. Um, and so my next point is worship is a response. How do we respond to those things? The way we respond to those feelings matter. Uh, the way we respond, and the only way we can appropriately respond to Jesus is that we have to literally see Jesus. Well, what does that mean? Jesus, is, we can't see Jesus. He's invisible, right? We can't see him with our earthly eyes. Right, we can see him through the scriptures. So when we get into the word and we read about him and read about his heart, and we read about who he is, who he was before there was an earth, when we really get to know who God is, we can't help but to say, wow, I, I need this. I, I need you, God. I, I I'm not my own God. I know that you created me. I know that I need you. I can't do this by myself. When you know by the reading of the scriptures, it's, it's then where that's where you can respond. Because if you don't understand and then you just sing, you know, sing the songs and check the boxes off, that's technically by biblical saying that's not, that's not worship. That's just us going through the emotions. And so as, as a church, I love to challenge us on that. Is as, we, as we pursue God, let us worship God. Uh, with a sacrifice, laying aside what our feelings say and say, God, whatever you choose me to give um, in, in whatever way. Uh, and that's through lifting of the hands, clapping, singing through our daily life. Um, you know, Luke 21, there's a, there's a picture of uh, a bunch of rich people and they're giving these offerings and Jesus is there. And there's this little old little lady and she doesn't have anything. She doesn't own anything but these two, the Bible calls them widow mites. We'll call them pennies. She has two pennies to her name. She has nothing else. And these rich people are pouring out all this money, and Jesus sees this, but then this little lady walks up and drops those two widow mites into the bucket. And Jesus said, uh, as much as all have been given, um, this little lady gave more than all. 
So I want you to know, like, as I'm talking about the challenge of, you know, exploring, lifting your hands, the biblical aspect of that, I do want you to know that we all have a form of worship in our hearts that is unique to us. Um, because just like this little lady, she had, a different, she had a different amount by the standards of our eyes, right? They gave a lot of money, she gave little. Well, by earthly standards, as if, okay, would be, oh, well, they, clearly their worship was better. No, not, at, not in the kingdom. The kingdom, it's upside down. Because she gave all that she had, that, that little bit of amount, uh, it meant more to Jesus. So for you, lifting of the hands may be the biggest challenge you'll ever face in worship. That's the sacrifice that you can make. Maybe it's seeing a person that you haven't spoke to in five years because five years ago they commented on your status wrong and it ticked you off and you are not friends with them. In fact, they're probably blocked on Facebook. You see them in Walmart and what, what can you do? What can you do, right? Apologize to them or, receive, or talk to them. That's an act of worship. That is the challenge that maybe you will face, but it's all dependent on our walk with Jesus and where we are and what he calls us to do. Um, and so worship is a response. Uh, emotions are great. God gave them to us, but they should not be what we chase. I didn't get the chance to speak on this in the other two experiences, so I want to share this with you. Bonus content, if, if, you, if you will. Um, in, in worship, just like today, um, those three songs were so powerful. I could feel the presence, and I know you probably could too. But a lot of times we feel chills, and we, we have tears, and we have all those things, and those things are beautiful. That is his presence. That is our, our human body reacting to the presence of God. But I want you to know those are not the things that we chase. Those are not the things that we say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to go to church to be refreshed. And we do, and that's good. Hear me out. Please hear me out. Those things are good, but we love, the, we love Jesus. We go after the, the, the giver and not his hand. And so as we worship, you will be refreshed. You will be challenged. You will, like me, when I was younger, I would worship. Depression will leave. Depression, it, it will leave you. And so as you worship, those things are great, but we don't worship for those things. We worship because he is worthy. Um, the Bible says that he enthrones himself on the praises of his people. He literally makes his throne on our worship. So therefore, if he does that from the top down, it trickles down. We're going to have beautiful effects of, of, of that feeling good, that that y'all know, y'all know, like today, I, y'all, I couldn't even get up here to preach a third experience, this beginning of this, because the champion messed me up, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit, I get it, but our bodies, man, when we get in the presence, something happens, and it's beautiful, so we chase after Jesus, we chase after his presence, um, because he's worthy um, for that. Third point is, worship is a weapon. It refocuses my perspective. You may be thinking, like, worship as a weapon, how, what does that even mean, or how can I Worship God and then and fight. What? So it refocuses my perspective. We sing a song. I actually sang it a few weeks ago. Ariana led it into us. Ariana's a killer worship leader. And it just talks about it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, Jesus. You may be surrounded by something today that you're like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how the outcome's going to be. And maybe it may not have the outcome that we want it to be. But what we knew, know is this. The truth is that God surrounds the thing that surrounds us. Him and his angels encamp around us. He's got us, he's for us, and he's, he's with us today. So that it refocuses our perspective to see the truth. It reminds me of God's promises. Another song we sing, uh, it's called Do It Again. It simply says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence and that's it. We have a confidence to know that we're still in the hands of God, in the hands of Jesus. He's got us. 
it reminds us of his promises. And then lastly, we actually sang about this um, in, in Faith and Wonder, that second song we sang. There is power in the name of Jesus. I remember growing up, we would sing this little song that would, that would say, um, when you don't know what else to say. When you don't know what else to say. I'm out of key, y'all. Listen. Uh, just say the name. Say the name of Jesus. You may be in here and you struggle with praying and you're like, I, I don't know how to give that pastorly prayer, that amazing prayer that you, know, that you hear a lot in church. Or I see my friends who are, uh, you know, they're, they're at a different level than I'm at um, you know, you know, in, my, in my walk. And that's okay. I want you to know that one of the, the, the most powerful prayer you can ever pray is just to look at God and say the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. When we declare his name, um, the word says all of hell trembles just at the mention of his name. And so when you don't know what else to say, when you don't know what else to pray, when you are having a hard time, or when you're having a great time, just saying the name of Jesus and, and giving him uh, praise is a big deal to him. It, it helps us uh, throughout our, our lives as well. And lastly, worship is a lifestyle. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the perfect will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we've talked a lot about today what corporate worship looks like with songs and singing and the different postures of that. But really, when you get to the nitty-gritty of it, the most important thing that God cares about is how we live our lives. It's so important. There's so many years of my life that I wasted because I didn't understand this aspect. There's many times I, I look back, I'm like, God, I, I missed it then. I wish I would have known now what I know now. And maybe you can say the same thing. Maybe it's, it's this past week. You're like, ah, I, me I messed up here or I said this here. You can have a second chance. Jesus can give us that. Because our lifestyle, the way we live, matters. Um, the way we interact, and I said it earlier, uh, Walmarts and gas stations. There's something about here in South Carolina, in South Carolina uh, those two main places are the main places we'll see everybody throughout the week. Walmart and a gas station. You'll see everybody from Radiant Church at the Blaney gas station. Or I'll see you at Walmart here on Two Notch. These, these places, honestly, in my opinion, for us, is a true testament of how we, uh, we live our life of worship. Because think about it. You're in Walmart, and there's, you know, there's, 30, there's 30 registers, and there's about 10 self-checkout. And when you, go, just, when you go in, you'll see that there's like two registers open. And you already you're thinking, I got three kids. I got this to get. And, oh, and there's, this line is backed up, and you're, you're, getting, you're feeling that frustration, right? Those are the moments that we can choose to live our life out in worship. You know, you may see the cashier, and she's frustrated. She's having a hard day. You know, and you, we don't know. This is the truth. People are fighting a battle that we'll never understand. They are. Maybe you are, you're fighting something in here that nobody knows about. But the way we treat one another matters. The way we love one another matters. The way we speak to one another matters. Um, one of our core values here is we honor up, down, and all around. The way we love and react and respond to people matters. Uh, I think of social media. Um, no matter what we think, social media probably isn't going anywhere. It's woven into the fabric of who we are as a society. Um, businesses and even churches, we're on there. We're live streaming right there to there now. But you know as well as I do that 
the social media aspect, uh, how we treat people online matters. Uh, the way we respond to hot button topics matter. Fill in the blank, you know, politics, yada, yada, yada. Those things can, can really define the name of Jesus for certain people. Your life may be the only sermon somebody ever hears. Think about that. The way we respond to people on Facebook, the way we, uh, maybe, maybe the way we don't respond to people on Facebook can be a sermon in itself for people. Um, the, having the fruit of self-control, as the Bible talks, uh, teaches about. But I've watched so many people, and me and my wife, we've talked about this a lot, um, of the idea of influence. Um, I've watched so many people uh, that have mass mount followings, 500,000 people, followers on Instagram. And I've watched people who have 30 friends on Facebook burn their influence to the ground by getting into silly, frivolous conversations on there and just ruining friendships, ruining, ruining family uh, relationships. And so influence matters. I want you to know that you don't have to be a pastor to have influence. You are pastoring your family. You're pastoring uh, your co-workers. You, your life can be a testament of Jesus wherever you are. And so lastly, I want to hit, uh, and I'm over, uh, your calling. Your calling, your calling, your calling. What do you mean your calling, Pastor? What do you mean your calling? We all have a calling. We just do. We have this innate thing that's inside of us, that digs at us, that calls us to worship God through different avenues. Here at Radiate Church, we have the parking lot team. You saw them as they were coming in. They passionately park you. They love to get people in here to hear the gospel. That is their calling. Jeff does an amazing job. I don't think he's in here. He does an amazing job on parking you guys. Uh, I think about our safety team. They will tell you, I'll, you know, I will lay my life down for, for my people. Bible talks about that. What greatest thing that you could do is to lay your life down for a brother, for a friend. Our safety team loves you, and they have an innate calling to serve us and to protect us. Our kids, it takes a special calling to teach kids. You know, I only got one, and I didn't say this earlier, but we're actually expecting our second child coming November. I'm so glad I just remembered that. You get caught up on delivering a message, and um, that's a big deal. But our kids, like, that takes a special calling. It's, I know I see some of our, our kids' team members in here. So thank you for that. Thank you um, to the worship team, to the production team, to the Next Steps team, the connecting. There are so many callings that are represented in this room that doesn't represent one. It's, it's not about one thing. It's about Jesus, but we can't say this is the right calling and this is just not. No, we all make up the body of Christ. So let me encourage you that if you're here today and you don't know what your calling is, we can help you with that. We have something called join a team here. And in that, it's a, it's a system that you can get involved at the Connect Center, at the White Tent. And it will, we will help you figure out what you feel like you're called to. Because you may be in here and you're like, I, man, I can't sing. I don't play an instrument. I don't trust myself in safety. I, kids, I definitely don't trust myself with kids. You know, like, you know, and so you may be there and you, you don't really know where you, you belong. The thing is, you do belong. You belong in the kingdom. You have a calling. You just don't, you don't realize it yet. Um, my wife, uh, she, uh, for the longest, she would tell me, we would have this conversation of, I don't, I don't know what my calling is, you know, Chris. I don't know what it is. And, you know, she, she tried different areas, and, and that's okay. Uh, but I remember there was a time during COVID, we had to pre-record a message, and we didn't have a camera operator. And she said, all right, babe, I'll, I'll try that. I said, are you sure? Because running a camera can be a little, a little hairy. And she's like, I'll do it. And I remember from the moment she did it, it unlocked something in her. 
and she's, she has led and built a team uh, for broadcast. Everybody online, like, uh, who you're able to attend and listen, um, is by the fruits of, of her serving. And so I, I honor her for that. Um, and so a lot of, there's a lot of people in this church that we are where we are because of people's callings and willingness to lay down their life, uh, per se, for the church and for Jesus. So if you want to do that, don't leave today without stopping by and talking to our team about joining a team. We will help you and we will equip you. And uh, lastly, um, I just want to um, just, just pray. That's it. I'm done. I want to pray with us. So if you can, let me just bow our heads all around this place and we're going to pray together. Um, maybe you've heard this message and you're like, you know what, I, Pastor Chris, um, I don't really ascribe to be a Christian. I don't really get it. Um, I'm, I'm just here because it's better than being out there. Uh, and I don't really understand the aspect of, of worship. I don't understand the aspect of living for God. And I want to give you an opportunity. If you feel that way and you, you may say that, that's okay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, I fully believe that, uh, that we were all meant, and, and that's in the word, we're meant to be a part of the kingdom, uh, the family of God. So we're going to get an opportunity. If you feel like you want to give your life to Jesus today, all you got to do, nobody's looking around. Uh, if you want to lift your hand and just to signify, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to worship the God of the universe that you've taught about today. I want to fight my battles uh, with the name of Jesus. I want to put him, make him the Lord of my life. And uh, nobody's looking around. If you want to just slip your hand up, I'll give you a second to do that. Amen. Amen. And if you're in here and you're like, Pastor, that message actually really challenged me, challenged my walk. Um, that makes more sense as far as, you know, lifting my hands and the lifestyle. Like, God, I, uh, you know, Pastor, I want to live my life deeper with Jesus and live for him more. And if that's you and you, and you want to to rise to that challenge today, what the word calls us to. Can we just raise our hands if, the, if we want to rise to that? Yeah, hands all around this room. It's beautiful, beautiful. We're going deeper today. Amen. I'm just going to pray over us, and uh, we'll, we'll go forward in today's experience. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the message that you put on my heart for our people, for our family. I believe, God, you're calling us to a, a higher level of worship. Um, in, our, in our corporate setting here at Radiate Church, and even in our families, in our jobs, and in, in, in our relationships, God, call us higher. Let us give you that sacrifice of praise. We move our preferences aside, and we put focus on your presence. Church, can we all stand back together? We're going to go one, into one more song to end the day, and we're going to cut you loose. We're going to respond in worship one more time. Let's worship. Let's worship.